Hey, Joy and Angie. I... This is Jennifer Francois, and I have just absolutely enjoyed listening to your twin talk and your book reviews. I uh, listened to the My Dear Hamilton one, and you guys are just really phenomenal in how you're discussing the book and talking about the history uh, behind the information that you guys discovered throughout this book. Your enthusiasm for for it has really made me become interested in reading the book. And so I just wanted to thank you both for putting together such a lovely podcast uh, in reminiscing and thinking about some of these books that many of us have read over the course of our lives. So uh, well done. And uh, I'm looking forward to future episodes. Bye. Hello? Is this thing on? Hey, twins. This is uh, Jeff uh, Spicoli from Ridgemont. Just wanted to say that just listen to Ready Player One. You two are awesome. Totally awesome. (laughs) And Jeff, nice name, bro. Uh, You dropped some righteous knowledge as well. Really dug it. Um, Wanted to say, thought the book was bogus. Uh, The movie was a little less bogus. So, anyway, uh, listen, love the podcast, really digging it, um, but got to go now. There's some tasty waves popping off the point. Uh, check you later, dudes. <laughs> what you just heard were two voice recordings that we received on our Twin Talk page, and we just want to remind our listeners that you can leave a voicemail. We always leave the link on our Twin Talk page on each episode. And if you do call in, you have 90 seconds to record. And if you don't like your voice message, you can delete it and start all over. Uh, But we do encourage you to call in with any comments or anything you'd like to say that's related to that podcast. We would love to hear from you. And what you just heard were our first two voice messages. That first one you heard was from Jennifer Francois. And I just want to tell you a little bit about her. It was the fall of 1993 that I attended the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, and I remember I was really nervous and scared because I had not met my roommate. We had a dorm at the top of Dixon in downtown Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I had not met my roommate. And I walked in, and I saw a really tall, pretty girl, and she smiled. I remember she had glasses on, and we started talking, and we just hit it off immediately. And I just want to say what a blessing it was to have her as my roommate. We got along so well, and she was so kind and friendly, and we went everywhere together. We did everything together. We worked out down at the Hyper. Uh, we ate lunch together. We hung out at night. We went and ate at Taco Bell, you know, late at night, and we had a bunch of friends in our dorm who would come out and hang out in our room with us. And those are some of the best memories that I have. And I just want to say thank you, Jennifer, for those kind words. And I really miss you. And I wish you didn't live in Kansas. I hope that's okay. I'm saying you're living in Kansas. But I wish you didn't live so far away so we could see each other more. But anyway, thank you so much for those kind words. Now, the second recording, Angie, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that we would have a celebrity call in and leave a message on Twin Talk? No, I thought Jeff Bridges might 
call in and scold me, but other I know than that, no. or Matt Damon might want to call and mm-hmm. just shoot the breeze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the fact that Jeff Spicoli from Ridgemont High called in and left right. a voicemail. I am, I have, there are no words. I have no words. I mean, I thought he, I had no idea where he, that he was even still around. I mean, he's, I, know. I figured he's off somewhere, surfing somewhere. Me too. Yeah. I figured he was catching some big waves yeah. in Australia or somewhere mm-hmm. and probably didn't even own any technology. Wouldn't even have a phone to call in. Yeah. But I know. wow. But thank you, Spicoli. I mean, yeah, we man. are in your, we're in your debt. You I are mean. totally rad, man. Yeah. And I am blown away. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Yeah, and I just want to mention that we are so excited because when we first started this, we honestly didn't know how many listeners we would have, if any at all. And we are getting listeners from not only the United States, but all over the world. Yeah, Um, we just thought it'd be kind of fun to share with you some of the listener locations of some of the people. We have a little stat uh, screen where we can look at where listener locations and Angie's mm-hmm. going to read off some of those. Yeah, so we've got listeners in Dallas, Texas. Um, uh, there's a place called Cliche Lake de France, and I don't know who that person is, but they've listened to almost every one of our podcasts. I know that's so cool that we have someone from France. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder if it's um, an American who living in France, maybe, or then, maybe it's someone who speaks French and practicing listening to people speaking to figure English. Out how to do know. the Southern dialect, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, um, and then you follow Oklahoma which is interesting to us because that is where our grandfather's from. So whoever is in Eufaula listening to us, we've noticed you've listened to several. If if you ever want to just uh, leave a voicemail and let us know who you are, that would be awesome. I know. Wouldn't it be amazing if whoever the listener in Eufaula, Oklahoma is, is related to our, our oh, grandfather? To, to our grandpa Pullman. That would be yeah. so cool. Yeah, and they may not even be aware that we have relations in Eufaula. But, okay, then we got Appleton, Wisconsin. Hey, hi, Joe. We know who that is. We think that's our that's cousin, our cousin Joe. Joe. Hi, Joe. Yeah, uh, then we've got Manhattan, Kansas. That might That's be Jennifer. Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we've got Germantown, Tennessee, San Jose, California, Alabama, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, that Michigan. That might be our cousin Ronnie. I'm not sure. Oh, I hope it's Ronnie. Hi, Ronnie. I hope that's you. Hello, Ronnie. Uh, so I said Michigan, Georgia, Virginia. Oh, Virginia might be my friend Belinda. Hi, oh, Belinda. Ashburn, Virginia. Okay. Maybe. And then we've got uh, Brisbane, Queensland, which mm. Joy told me was in Australia. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where Spicoli was when he was listening. Maybe. And then uh, we have an Eastern Samar, and I have never heard of that. It must sounds like another country to me. It sounds like the Middle East, maybe. It does. It's called Salcedo Eastern Samar. And then Oregon, just a couple more. Uh, Cypress Hills, New York. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, New Jersey, and Fishers, Indiana. That's just a few of them. So, yeah, yeah. that blows my mind. I'm, yeah. That's so exciting that people are listening to us. But maybe there are people like us who love to read, who love books, mm-hmm. and just love to hear people talking about books. But anybody, like I said, I'm repeating myself, but please feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, that was it, and uh, the next podcast coming up is The Secret of Shadow Ranch, and Angie will be taking the lead, so if you want to hear about The Secret of Shadow Ranch, stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Twin Talk. I'm Angie, and I'm here with my sister, Joy, and today we're going to be discussing the book, The Secret of Shadow Ranch. This is the fifth book of the Nancy Drew Mystery Story series. Um, Joy, when you hear the name Nancy Drew, what thoughts come to your mind? The thoughts that come to my mind are of a young girl 
who's very pretty and slender and smart. I picture her being a girl of the late 50s or 60s. I don't know why. I don't even know if that's when these books were written. Mm-hmm. And I always think of her and her two friends, George and Beth. And I just think of her being a single daughter. I remember her dad, wasn't her dad a lawyer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her mom passed away when she was little. And I don't know. That's just kind of what comes to mind when I think of Nancy Drew. So it's funny. Have you read many of the Nancy Drew books series? You know, of the series? I was thinking of that. I know when I was looking at this little list, I know I've read The Secret of the Old Clock. Of course, we're doing The Secret of Rado, Sado, Shadow Ranch. Mm-hmm. I, did, I think the very first one I ever read was The Secret of Redgate Farm. I would say I've only read four or five. Okay, so I was just curious if you, the description you just said, if that came from knowledge of the books or if you just knew that in general about her. So. No, it's knowledge from just reading probably mm-hmm. four or five of the books. Okay, so you, you said a lot of the same things that I've that I had thought. She's a teenage detective who can solve any mystery, of course. And she's course. pretty. She's smart. She's independent. She's fashionable, fearless. She's sophisticated. And it's funny because when I read this book, I just kept getting this feeling that the author has like this girl crush on Nancy. Yes. I don't mean that in a weird way. Do you no, know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. <laughs> to me, it's like she's right to me. I don't know Carolyn Keene, and I've never read anything about her, but to me, she's writing about the perfect girl. Like in her mm. mind... What would the perfect girl be? Yes. And that's Nancy Drew. I know what I kept thinking when the author was writing this, was she like, this is who I want to be, you know? I don't I don't know, but it's so funny. I just kept thinking, gosh, she's really in love with this character. But yeah. So I, just for fun, I wrote down a few of the little quotes from the book that were really uh, the ones that highlighting Nancy's per- perfectness, I guess you well, could say. Well, that's a question I have for you. <laughs> uh-huh. And maybe when this was written, that was a good thing and... Does it bother you that Nancy Drew is so perfect? Yeah, it kind of does. It she's really too does. perfect. She's almost like a superhero in a way, mm-hmm. with no with no superpowers. Yeah, but, but yet she's so humble. So I'm glad she's humble. But it, it does bother me that she's so perfect. So all through the book, you know, people are constantly proclaiming her greatness, right? So on mm-hmm. page 73, um, I forget which character said this. said, oh, Nancy, she exclaimed, you were wonderful. You saved us. And they, she saved them, I guess, when they were riding horses. At page 75, it says, she bragged on Nancy's bravery. Page 94, you're amazing, he said. What a detective. (laughs) And then uh, page 152, he says, you're a downright marvel. You are such a a remarkable sleuth, young lady. So anyway, those are just a few of the little examples. Yeah, and that's scattered all through the book. Everyone's always singing her praises, and she's very humble, and she always downplays it or changes the subject. So way to go, Nancy. At least that's more of her perfectness. She's also humble. Yeah, so we need to add in there to her list of... uh, Attributes. Attributes that she's humble. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why do you think the Nancy Drew series of books have been so successful? Well, for that time period, I don't know, and I'm just speaking off the top of my head here, but... I'm guessing there maybe that weren't that many female heroines. Oh, that's a good point. <clears throat> because mm-hmm. they, there were probably a lot of books about male heroes that boys could look up to, but mm-hmm. who were the girls supposed to look up to? Like right. I think of the Hardy Boy mysteries. Yeah. And so this was a chance for girls to have someone to look up to who's, like you said, she's independent mm-hmm. and she has a lot of freedom to travel and, and go solve these mysteries. And it's some somebody for the girls to look up to. She's intelligent. Yeah, in my research, I read somewhere it said that um, that the Hardy Boys were a spinoff of Nancy Drew. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Well, but then I read something else that was in the actual Nancy Drew history, um, and it said that Nancy Drew was created because they needed a counterpart to the Hardy to the uh, Hardy Boys mysteries. Oh, they needed okay. something for girls because there was something okay. for boys. So, I, you so know, what I, time I, period are we talking okay, here? Okay, so... Are we talking 50s, 60s? I, I think I've got it written somewhere in my notes, but uh, the very first book was written written in the 30s. Oh, yes. I didn't know that was old. old. But now a lot of the books were written in the 60s. Okay, okay. so and the, the book that we're discussing today was actually written in 1965. Okay. So one thing... Yeah, this has a copy... Actually, this has copyright 1931, 1965, 1993. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why the one in my book said 65, I thought. But but yeah, I think the first book was written around 1930, in the, or at least in the, the early 30s. That shocks yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it surprised me too. But there's one thing that is very unique to the story of Nancy True, and it has something to do with the family structure. And I'm wondering if you can guess what it is, and you actually already said it earlier. Yeah, you were used to the nuclear family, mm-hmm. mom, dad. Two kids, however many kids. But you're right. She's uh, her mom's already passed away. She has a, it's a single father, and don't they have a nanny though? Yeah, I can't think she's, of the like she's a housekeeper. Name. Good. I'm glad because that's a trivia question. Oh, okay. be, th- be thinking about <laughs> okay, that. Maybe it'll come to name. you. So this aspect of the book reminded me of this discussion that d- took place in my anthropology class that I took last year. Mm-hmm. The professor is. I don't even know how we got on the subject, but he was he was talking about how. Many blockbuster films and successful books have one unique formula that contributes to its success. And like I said, Nancy Drew's no exception to this. And that is that either one or both of the parental figures are missing. I, I remember mm-hmm. us having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were able to come up with title after title after title mm-hmm. of uh, books, movies, where, yeah, the main character only had one parent. Yeah, so in this case, you know, we know that, Na- like you said, Nancy's mother's dead, and her housekeeper, Hannah, serves as the missing mother figure. Uh-oh, you just told well, me. Well, I told you her first name, oh, but you got to come up with the last gotcha. name. That's going to be hard. Okay. But anyway, so just, uh, yeah, just for fun, I wrote down a few of the examples, and I, I couldn't remember, so we did have that conversation we about did, this. We did, but okay. I can't remember who what all we came okay, up with. Okay, so here, here's just a few of the movies, blockbuster movies, that have this formula, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke Skywalker, who has no dad, which actually we find out he does but later. Yeah. later. The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. Dorothy is raised by her grandparents uh, to kill a mockingbird. You got Scout and Jim without a mom. Harry Potter, Forrest Gump, The Hunger Games, Games The Lion King. Titanic, remember Jack? He was the orphan. Yeah. Cinderella, Frozen, and and I did some research on this, and they said basically any Disney movie you watch, there is a missing parental figure, and I never oh, thought about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the last one I wrote was Lord of the Flies. There's no parents inside on that mm-hmm. island. If you remember that crazy yeah, movie, but and then just I thought this was it. I thought you'd find this interesting. Guess what? Out of all the podcasts we've done, mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe how many of the podcasts that this same formula applies. And I just mm-hmm. wrote some of them down. The Outsiders. Yes. I Capture the Castle. Mm-hmm. Cassandra and Rose had no mother. Johnny Tremaine. He had no parents. The Downstairs Girl. Joe. She had no parents. Ready Player One. No parents. Wow. True Grit. 
her father's killed, mm-hmm. so she has no dad. So did you, do you wow. think that's interesting? Wow, no, I never noticed that theme, but it mm-hmm. makes me wonder, is it just too boring to write about yeah. families that have parents, both well, parents? Well, and one thing I read was they said that some uh, authors, they just don't want to have to write in those relationships. They don't. Mm-hmm. They, that's just easier to get to the story, and they don't want to have to fill in the relationships about the parents. But hmm. I, I don't know if that's okay. always true. And then the last one I wrote, because I thought it was funny, was the Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso. We gotta, <laughs> yeah. we gotta mention Ralph M. Since we've mentioned him in our oh, previous podcast. Okay, so I just wanted to tell you a real quick history of the Nancy Drew series because I have a feeling if you're like me, you didn't know this. No, right? I don't. Okay, so the first book was. Oh, well, I do have it written down. The first book was published in April 1930. And do you know mm. what that book was? The very first. What can I cheat? Oh, she's at cheating. The back? She's the Secret of the Oak Clock. Yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> it's on the back of the book. All right, <laughs> The Secret of the Oak Clock was the very first book that was published. Uh, um, so, 533 Nancy Drew books have been published as of 2019. 533? Yes. Okay, but here... Wow, here's, but they're not the same author. Here's the catch. Mm-hmm. They're in nine different series. Okay, this is, what mm. I, this is what I learned during the research of this. Okay, But not the same author. No. Okay. No, we're going to talk about the okay. author in just a second. There's something else I don't think you know either. So... I'm just going to quickly read the nine series. There's the Nancy Drew mystery stories. There's 175 titles in that, and that's the one that, that, we're, th- reading. that we're reading. Okay. So the Nancy Drew mystery stories, Nancy Drew girl detective, Nancy Drew diaries, Nancy Drew files, Nancy Drew on campus, Nancy Drew notebooks, Nancy Drew and the clue crew, Nancy Drew clue book 13. Oh, I'm sorry, Nancy Drew clue book. There's 13 titles in that. And then the graphic, they have one graphic novel. So, it's okay. A- <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is so annoying. Yeah. It's it's exploiting it. It's, yeah. it's greed. It's for money. Yeah. And don't tell me that every one of those are high mm. quality. <laughs> Somebody sees a formula that's successful and yeah. they exploit it nine yeah. days to Sunday or whatever. It reminds me of that secrets, um, confessions of a shopaholic. Mm-hmm. So it was super successful, and I have read several. Sophie Kinsella, matter of fact, that's one book I want us to do for a podcast is one of her books. But anyway, it's like if you look at the titles, and I'm sure I'll misquote these, but it's like uh, Shopaholic Has a Baby, Confessions of a Shopaholic Gets Married. Like they literally mm-hmm. have 10 titles that have, um, what's the word, when you have the sequel, mm-hmm. that are like sequels to mm-hmm. the Shopaholic book. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's just squeeze every ounce of money we can out of yes. this formula and this idea. Is that what you think is happening yes, with Nancy that, Drew? that was my thought exactly. That's so annoying. I thought, you know, you, you can't do, they've, they've done it to death. Yes. I mean, and there's like just you, no quality. Quality left. Whenever right. you go, you stretch it that thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just seems like there's no quality because, left. Because I mean, look at all the merchandising they can do off mm-hmm. of these series. It's just yeah. like any of your major movies. They they want sequel after sequel yes. because they're going to make. It's all about money. Because that agree. formula works, so we're going to yeah. keep using it till we can't use it anymore. Yeah, and I have a feeling like I'm not familiar with any of these other than the mystery stories, but I have a feeling that. We would probably roll our eyes at some of the things they're doing with Nancy oh, Drew now. They've probably gotten off the, the the beaten path with what she stood for in the begin with. Okay, so another reason these books are so successful, and I, I, I read this as someone else's opinion, but I agree, is that the stories are always safe. They're not mm-hmm. about politics or religion or anything de- divisive. Mm-hmm. The books are for children, so they're a lot on romance, and I like that, that they're a lot on romance. Yeah. And they're just a remembrance of, of a simple simpler time 
and you know they're always full of suspense and cliffhangers. You know, mm-hmm. what did you did, did you notice how at the end of certain cha- every ending of a chapter, she always wanted to leave you hanging? Yeah, there was a cliffhanger at the end of every single yeah. chapter. So of course you have to keep reading to see what happens next. Yeah, so I just was going to read. I mean, and they're, they're pretty hokey, but the end. Of, so this one here, the ending of this one chapter here, it says she opened the door and stepped inside the dark room. The next instant, an unearthly shriek split the air, and someone seized her. Yes, yeah, yeah, so and that's basically how every chapter. Every ends. chapter is yeah. basically <laughs> like that. I'm going to read a couple more. In this, the ending of this chapter, suddenly a few yards upstream, part of the muddy bank collapsed, sending a huge surge of water sweeping over Nancy and her horse. So, of course, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to Nancy? Yeah. And I'm just going to read one more. I mean, I mean you, you get the idea, mm-hmm. but I thought these were pretty funny. Okay, uh, Bercy's strong fingers closed on Nancy's wrist. You're coming with us, he growled, and don't yell or you'll be sorry. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So an interesting fact about the Nancy Drew series is that they were written by Carolyn Keene, and, which is actually a pseudonym, okay? So there were several mm, authors. Yes. So this, Carolyn Keene's not a real person. Oh, okay. okay. I, um, knew, I forgot that that was a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that, if, so in the beginning, there was basically two authors that wrote the books, but mm-hmm. overall throughout the series, there were up to six different authors okay. who wrote the books. All right, and... I will read just real quickly the introduction to the book so people will know what The Secret of Shadow Ranch is about. So Nancy Drew arrives in Phoenix, Arizona, eagerly looking forward to a fun-filled vacation at Shadow Ranch, but abruptly finds herself involved in a baffling mystery. The ranch is being haunted by a phantom horse and maliciously damaged by an unknown enemy. Local people believe that the ghostly animal is carrying out the curse of Dirk Valentine, the romantic outlaw who was killed many years ago at Shadow Ranch where he had gone to fulfill a promise to his sweetheart. So that's what the book's about. Um, so this is, just quickly, I, I'm just curious, what is your overall impression of the book? Well, <laughs> I love Nancy Drew, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I loved it when we were younger reading it, but it's for kids. And mm-hmm. I just did not enjoy reading it the second time around. I was just couldn't wait for it to get over because it's so <laughs> old-fashioned. Yeah. And it's so outdated, and I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to be honest, I just felt like I was wasting my time, mm-hmm. because I'm like, I've already read it, but I was doing it to refresh my memory, but mm-hmm. it's just so outdated. And yeah, I, I felt there, I, the I, There's not way. much value in it. Yeah, I kind of felt the same yeah. way, but I, I will tell you what I did like about mm-hmm. the book, okay? I do, I love the simple, timeless feel of the book. Yes. I, I, it, to yeah. me, anytime I read it, it kind of brings me back to that time. It's, well, that's what I was going to say, i not to be, I'm not going to just be totally negative. There was one positive side to rereading the book. It reminded me of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of, like you said, simpler times when mm-hmm. everything wasn't R-rated. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. G- it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's G-rated. There's no bad language. There's no sex. There's no language. There's not really a lot of violence, although some things are a little bit on the, you know, mm-hmm. like she does get kidnapped, you know. Right. And there are some rock slides and things like that. Mm-hmm. It is refreshing to have something that's so pure. Yeah. And and, and, it, and it is enjoyable. I hate to say, 
I did enjoy it the first time I read it, mm-hmm. but now uh, I love to read so much. I just feel like when I'm reading, I don't want to waste my time. I want to be reading something that I think is really, really good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I understand. No, mm-hmm. I, I felt the same way. Yeah. I, I felt like as a, a teenager reading it, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't always like my favorite thing to read, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. But this time around, yeah, I just kind of felt like mm, I've, I've I'm past this. Yeah, you know? but I will say if you have, if one of our listeners, if you have children. Mm-hmm. I'm not discouraging from children no, reading no, this. That's for not. sure. If you, have, especially if you have a daughter mm-hmm. uh, who's younger and wants to read something that's clean, G-rated, yeah, and has lots of to... action and adventure, definitely read The Secret of Shadow Ranch. Yeah, and if someone needs, and a lot of kids these days, they have to do so much reading a week. So mm-hmm. this would be a great thing to practice. Yes, reading I would feel on. completely safe recommending yeah. this for young, small oh, children. Oh, definitely. But I, I, one thing I liked about the book as well was the setting. Uh, yes, I, I did the setting like the was setting. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. It's, it was uh, the setting was in Phoenix, Arizona on a ranch. And, you know, they're riding horses around boulders. They're near ancient Indian dwellings. And the, the, I thought it was kind of interesting. The author even mentioned some type of shrubs called chaparral. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what that is? Isn't it just a bunch of brush, deserty yeah. brush? Yeah, so I looked that up. Chaparral is it's vegetation consisting chiefly of tangled shrubs and thorny mm-hmm. bushes. And the other thing that I love, and this is it's just funny that you were talking about how you really didn't enjoy reading it. And I mm-hmm. feel the same way. I really didn't get that much enjoyment reading mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I, the, but I love owning the book. I yes. love the mm-hmm. the nostalgia of the book. The cover is really cover. cool, and, and that's yeah, I, I love the covers. And don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I like the book. Mm-hmm. I just I think because time is so precious. Mm-hmm. When I'm reading, I want to, like I said, I just want to be reading something that I'm really into, something that's adding value to your yes, life. Or yes. Yeah. So that's what I was getting ready to say. I love the cover, and I'm telling you, you know, I like to go to yard sales and estate sales. Mm-hmm. And if I see a Nancy Drew book, I don't care where it's at the cover lures me into buying mm-hmm. it every time the covers are really cool on these books yeah and i also love how much the author brings up nancy's style i mean we live in a day and age where you know i just wish we could be more stylish yes i don't know mm-hmm. about you um yeah just just it just reminded me that you know she literally she literally like would dress for every occasion yes okay mm-hmm. and it just reminded me wow and, I, and i'll go shopping even today and i love pretty clothes mm-hmm. and i love but the problem is i have nowhere to wear things to Yes, you know, yeah. especially in an age of COVID. I mean, yes. you know, we mm-hmm. even, you know, we have nowhere to go. You're right, though. I do. I love how she describes their outfits in the books, and they're always so classy and elegant. Mm-hmm. But you're right, and I, I would love it if we went back to the days where men wore hats and ties, oh, and would, women had the really nice suits and dresses. But like you said, it's not very practical mm-hmm. in, in co- times oh. of COVID. And wouldn't you love it if um, we lived in an age where, where women still wore hats? I would yeah. love. Yes, I, I love mean baseball hats. hats. Yeah, mean, like yeah. the really cool hats from the 30s or 40s and the really cool dresses. Yeah, I do miss, I feel like, you know, here in the United States, so many times it's just T-shirt, jeans, mm-hmm. baseball cap. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. We wear those all the time. But sometimes it's just nice to, to get dressed up. I just want to. I, I do miss those I days. I want to dress up. And, mm-hmm. and I wrote down the very first, one of the first scenes where they mention Nancy's at the airport meeting her friends. And it says, on the way, admiring glances were cast at the two girls. Titian-haired Nancy was a trim figure in her olive green knit with matching shoes. Beige accessories and knitting bag completed her costume. Bess wore a pale blue cotton, which showed off her deep suntan to advantage. So, yeah. and then uh, when they uh, they were, they mentioned about how they every time they would say it was time for dinner, they would always say the girls went and got dressed for dinner. 
you know, so that, I mean, everything really was an occasion to get to, to dress for. And on uh, when they went to get dressed for dinner, it's funny, on page 75, it said that uh, Nancy put on a powder blue sweater and skirt. Yeah. So, I, mean, I like that they, that, that the writers include their, uh, what their outfits look like and what their hair was like, because it really gives us a glimpse into that time period. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I just wrote down a few things that they dressed for. They dressed for dinner. Mm-hmm. They dressed for horseback riding. Mm-hmm. They dressed when they went into town. They dressed for the rodeo and mm-hmm. the barbecue dance. So, like I said, and then... Um, and I don't know why this came to my mind when I was thinking about this, but I think that fashion is one of the reasons you and I played Barbie dolls so much mm-hmm. when we were little girls. I agree. Yeah, and uh, and also we you know we didn't really play paper dolls that much, but I believe that paper dolls and Barbie dolls have been so, are popular with little girls. Just because of that aspect, that you know, think of the thousands of outfits that have been invented for Barbie. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know, she's been everything from what a sailor to a tennis player to she's a doctor. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, and, and you and I played hours mm-hmm. for hours, and I think that's why because we like to dress our little Barbie dolls up. Okay, the other thing I love about this book, and you actually touched on it earlier. I don't remember if we were on air or off air, but it's the corn factor. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk a minute about corny, okay? And and um, it's very old-fashioned. I, I wrote down some choice words here, corny, cheesy, lame, uh, whatever you want to <laughs> call it, but I love it compared to today's, today's culture. And, and you just actually, you actually touched on this a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, but I'm just going to revisit it for just a second. And, and what I was thinking was, that, you know, we live in a culture of profan- profanity, mm-hmm. vulgarity, just lack of morals overall. So in a way, these books are fresh of a breath of fresh violence, air to me. The more gruesome, the higher the cells on them. It just seems like the more violent, the more gruesome, the more the profanity, the higher the rating in the movies, like when the movies go out. And I hate that. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. So, yeah. So, it, like I said, you know, uh, it, it is refreshing. That is something you can you can actually read and not have to worry about just, it, just being, you know, degrading. Um, okay, so, and the characters, you know, they all have this childlike innocence, and it's funny how, did you notice that even the bad guys aren't scary in the book? Yes, <laughs> I know, even when the the girls get kidnapped along with Nancy, and you're like, you yeah. know, the, and, and I love how when they're uh, captured, all the villains reveal Every single thing they had done. Oh, you're getting ahead of they me. They unraveled yeah. the plot. Okay, I'll be quiet. No, no, I love go how ahead. it's just, they just yeah. basically tie all the, like I said earlier, they just tie everything up in a nice little bow and explain mm-hmm. every little thing you wondered about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're not even scary at all. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because the, the bad guys, they're written in a non-threatening way. And, and I'm just going to repeat what you just said because this is actually what I had written down. I said, they're always happy to indulge their secrets to Nancy. <laughs> how they did it. Why they did it. When when they did it, mm-hmm. who was involved, and more incredibly, what they're going to do in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing. Nancy's a great sleuth. Yeah. She's a great detective, but she doesn't have to work very hard when she's no. around the bad guys. They kind of do all the work Like for in her. The Secret of Shadow Ranch, you know, they're, she's up there with the bad guys in this cave, and they just start telling her who all was involved, how they did it, and what they're going to do. Exactly. I thought that part, I thought that part was it so funny. It kind of reminds me of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> How, do you know in Scooby-Doo, the bad guys would always oh, yeah. admit how they did it, why they did it? Yeah. yeah it's just so... you, Ashley, kids. Yeah, we got right away with it. kids. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just curious, do you even like mysteries? Do you like mysteries? I love thrillers. I love mysteries. Okay. Now, I will say a lot of them have dark themes, like mm-hmm. maybe a missing child. I can't hardly handle books about children involved. But yeah, that's one of my favorite genres is the thriller 
okay. mystery thriller genre. Okay. Now, I, I have to admit, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 on whether I like mysteries or not. But even in the Nancy Drew books, I mean, I'm too, to be honest with you, I'm too lazy to try to figure out what's actually going on. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never figure, I, most of the times in her books, I I never figure it out. Before. You know, I'm not one of these yeah. people like, oh, that's what's actually yeah. going on. You know, mm-hmm. I don't do that. But, so. I mean, really, were we really going to guess that they bought this silk from Japan and put phosphorus <laughs> on it to make the glowing horse? I don't know. Yeah, right. Right, right. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, uh-huh. it's okay. I don't know if anybody's going to read this book after our after this. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, so it's time for the reading of our pa- favorite passages. Okay. So I'll go ahead and let you read yours first. Okay, so her one thing I do want to say, her writing is so, I just think it's crisp. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's yeah. definitely, very um, it's very succinct. <laughs> it's very clean, crisp. There's no extra details. Kind of like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm-hmm. It's just straight to the point. But you know, she she is, whoever wrote this, uh, is a good writer. Um, as the girls rode along, the sun vanished and a chill wind set in. Suddenly, a few large drops of rain splattered into the dust. The next moment, a downpour descended. The horses snorted. A vivid flash of lightning split a fir tree some distance up the mountain, and the horses shilled, shied at the clap of thunder. Sit tight, Nancy called over her shoulder, and keep moving. Moment by moment, the cloudburst worsened, and the trail gradually became slippery mud. Far below in the valley, they could see the sunlit, sunlit meadow untouched by the storm. And see, I always find myself doing this. It seems like in every podcast we do, it seems like I say something super, super negative about mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm. and then I always have to backtrack. Mm-hmm. But I do think she does a good job in The Secret of Shadow Ranch of, of setting, of place. I feel like we know what the ranch looks like, what Shadow Mountain is like. She does a really good describe, a good job of describing setting. Yeah, I agree. I thought there was some really, really good descriptions that really kind of felt made you feel like you were there. Okay, so I'll go ahead and read mine now. The two hastened outside. As they turned toward the meadow from the far end came a high, weird whistle. The signal for the phantom horse. Tex stopped short, then raced toward the house, shouting the alarm. Moments later, the clanging of the iron triangle outside the kitchen filled the night. Nancy, meanwhile, had sprinted into the stable and let out her horse. As she sprang into the saddle, she could see the mysterious glowing steed galloping from the trees into the meadow. It hardly seemed to touch the ground, and it wavered in the wind. I'm going to catch it, Nancy vowed, and spurred her horse to racing speed. Straight ahead lay the meadow gate, but it was closed. Taking a deep breath, Nancy gathered her mount and cleared it. As before, the phantom was heading straight across the meadow. Nancy rode hard to cut the animal off. She intended to seize the phantom's bridle should it have one on. In a moment, the apparition turned and raced down the meadow, straight toward the palominos. Shrilly whinnying, it plunged into their mist. Some palominos shied and reared. Others ran wild. Nancy's horse, trying to overtake the fleeing phantom, pounded through the scattered group. Suddenly, one of the frightened palominos thundered across her path. Frantically, Nancy tried to pull her own mount aside. Too late. The two horses collided. Nancy flew from the saddle and hit the ground so hard she blacked out. So that was kind of one of the the big climatic scenes. scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you. It's kind of like... Yeah, I wouldn't probably read again. But then when you actually go back and read some of the passages, you're kind of impressed. Yeah, yeah. Them, some know? of the writing's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, Joy. So uh, you want to try to get, uh, guess our book rating word for today? Um, sure. Let's see. <laughs> How many phantom horses? 
Dadgummit. Yeah, that right? that's it. <laughs> okay. So my first choice was going to be, I know, twin moment. Okay, so my first choice was I was going to say how many shadows. I was like, eh. and then yeah. I was like, no, how many phantoms? And then I, but I settled on phantom horses. Oh, so you got so it. I got it. You got the 100%. exact term I used. Yeah, you I are am good. You are a good joy. So how many phantom horses are you going to give this book? Okay. Well, once again, I feel like if we were back, you know, several decades ago, I'd probably give it a four or five. Mm. But just <laughs> compare. I mean, I would just because that's the style of writing you're used to, yeah. and it would be something new and interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting that five is the highest. I was thinking to oh. ten to ten. Oh uh, no, so no. I was thinking even then you wouldn't give oh, it a good. Oh no, okay, no. I'm sorry. Like if we were set yeah. like when this first okay. came out. Yeah, all right. And especially if I were a girl, I'd give it. I'm sure a four or five. But because we're it is we're in this contemporary age, you know, we've read so many books. I'll, I'll still give it a three and a half phantom. Yeah. I'll give it three and a half phantom horses. Okay, I'm gonna give it three phantom horses. Okay. Um, like I said, uh, to me, uh, I am more happy to uh, to own the books than I am to read the books. And I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I, don't I know what like, you mean. like I won't pass up a Nancy Drew book ever mm-hmm. to own it. But I don't know that I'll. Read but all I of do. Them. If I ever get the time, mm-hmm. my daughter, you know, she'll turn eight this month, but. I think this is something she might enjoy. I may try to yeah, read. You Shad- never know. I may try to read Secret of Shadow Ranch. To I her. would be very curious to know seriously what mm-hmm. kids today thought of these yes. books. Well, she loves the Little House on the Prairie books. Oh. We, we read like right now we're reading Little House in the Big Woods, mm-hmm. and I read a chapter every night to her, and she loves it. And I thought she'd start getting bored. But every night, she's like, let's read the next chapter, and she'll and, ask questions. You know, your daughter, she's so smart, and she's very detail-oriented. Yes. So maybe, and, and those books are so full of details, that's maybe true. that's why she likes them. Because sometimes I feel like they're too detailed for a young kid, mm-hmm. and, and just to be honest, sometimes I'll skip a paragraph or two. Because they're, Mom, I know when they cheat, go into the your well, you know what I mean when they go into the real detailed yeah. instructions of how they're making something yeah. or doing something. And I swear every time she'll be like, "Mom, you missed a part." Because she oh. she can read along with me now. She can oh, tell so where she, I am. So and you, sometimes she'll even put her finger up and go along the paragraph as I'm reading. Oh, she's reading on that so level. So she it's not really reading, but she's able to follow along where I am, and she can see when I skip a paragraph. Uh-oh. So I don't get by with it very. Can't often. get by with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So we're going to just do a little trivia, okay. and I try to keep it simple. Because, like, you know, we don't know a whole lot about these Nancy Drew. So, yeah. okay, Joy. So, how old was Nancy in the original text? Mm. Was she 16? Yeah, they said she's probably 16 to 18 years okay. old. Okay. What was Nancy's housekeeper's name? Okay, so Hannah. But I don't remember it ever giving a last name. Okay. Like maybe Johnson? I should. I wish I wouldn't have said Hannah now just to see if you do even remember no, her first name. No, I would not have even remembered Hannah. Okay. It's Hannah Gruen, G-R-U-E-N. Oh, Gruen. I do remember yeah. now. What's Nancy's father's name? Ah, <laughs> Mr. Drew. Ah, what's his first name? Lawyer Drew. Nah. Henry Drew? Carson Drew. Oh, Carson. Yeah. I love that name, Carson Drew. That is a I cool name. I was thinking, name. you can't come up with a cooler name mm-hmm. than Carson Drew. Drew was one of my suggestions for Olivia, my daughter. Oh. I was thinking Drew's a cool name for a girl. Yeah. Never thought about it for Nancy Drew. Yeah. But okay. Uh, do you know, like and you kind of said this, I think you said this earlier, what is Nancy's father's profession? He's a lawyer. Okay, yeah. And they, it's more specifically, they said he's a famous mystery case attorney and mm. a former prosecutor. Okay. Yeah. What does Nancy drive? Oh, doesn't she drive a convertible, a powder blue Thunderbird convertible or something like that? Okay, so they said that she's actually driven several uh, cars throughout the series. Okay. But in some books, she drove a blue Mustang. Mustang. And in others, she was very well This known. book was a Mustang. Oh, was it? I'm okay, pretty I, sure. I can't now remember. I think about it. Okay, in others, she drove a blue Roadster. Oh. Which is a two-seater with an open top. Okay. And a 
anyway, it, and apparently she drove, like I said, she drove several cars throughout the series and several were destroyed. And I mm. uh, looked up on the internet what a, a roadster looks like, and they're pretty awesome cars. Oh, they're very cool. They always make it sound like she has money because mm-hmm. every time they go shopping, she buys something. Yeah. She travels everywhere. She always yeah. has on very stylish clothes and, wears a, and drives a really awesome car, which I know lawyers make a lot of money usually, but I guess they just make it sound like she has money. Do you know where she lives? Oh, I always pictured it being in the Northeast, like in Massachusetts. Well, I'm or being somewhere. more specific. What's the name of the neighborhood she lives in? Oh, so I should have been more. I don't know. River Heights. But do we know where River Heights well, is? Well, I don't know that they ever specifically say because people speculate where oh. it's at. So a well, lot of people. To me, she seems like she's from the Northeast. Yeah, a lot of people thought she lived like in the in the. Uh, the central United States, like Indiana, mm-hmm. Ohio, in that area, but that might make sense. I, too. I have no idea. Um, who are Nancy's two friends who are also cousins? Bess and George. Okay. All right. So this next part, this I think you might get a kick out of this. Okay. I, I call this segment the speed quiz. Okay. Okay. So the following events actually happened to Nancy. Okay. okay? Some of them happened one time. Now I'm not talking about in the book. Okay. This book. I'm talking about in the series. The of series. Books, the whole okay. series. Okay. So these events actually happened to Nancy. Some of them happened one time, and others happened multiple okay. times. Okay. So I'm going to name the event and give you two options as to how many times it happened. Okay. And I want you to answer as okay. fast as you can go. Okay. Okay. One or three. Nancy locked in a castle. Three. Or are you going to tell me you right or wrong? Well, at the end. Okay. Uh, uh, no, it was one. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. One or three. She's poisoned or attempted poisoning. Three. It was three. Okay. One or three. Her car was forced off the road. Three. It was three. Mm-hmm. One or three. Locked in an elevator. One. It was one. Three or nine. Warned to drop or leave a case. Nine. It was nine. <laughs> one or three. Tortured. Oh, I hope it's only one. It was once. Two or five. Her dog was kidnapped or missing. Five. Two. Six or 19, she was knocked (laughs) unconscious. Well, she's knocked unconscious in this book, so how about 19? It was 19. Oh, my goodness. Four or 16. Poor girl, she probably has major concussions. Four or 16, she's been kidnapped. Well, she was kidnapped in this book, so maybe 16. It was 16. One or eight, drugged or chloroformed. (laughs) I hope it was only, I'm going to say eight. It was eight. One or two, nearly boiled alive. What? One, I hope. It was one. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you did pretty good. I, I think you only missed one. I don't oh, know. I'm not I sure. I totally guessed. I just figured there's a pattern in there. Books. I just thought that was so funny. That I thought, is funny. I thought, yeah, eventually the authors have to get, I mean, you, you run out to, of ideas yeah, after like a said, while. You get spread so thin, you got to repeat some of your plots, you yeah. know. Okay, so in closing, um, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up. I just want to let our readers know that they can still purchase the classic hardcover book series in stores. Okay. okay, so that, and they're real recognizable because they've got that yellow spine yes. with the blue lettering on it. And it says uh, there are a total of 56 books wow. in the collection. So if you want to collect it, that's, you got to have some shelf space yeah. there. And uh, it, it says, however, there are uh, 34 of the 56 books have been revised. Okay. And we thought that was interesting because Joy and I both have a copy of The Secret of Shadow Ranch, and I have an older version, and she has a newer version. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to find a passage in a certain chapter, and the chapters were different. So yeah. obviously Joy has a revised book. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And so just just to before we go, I do want to mention um, there was a movie made by Warner Brothers in 2007 that featured Emma Roberts, but it was not successful. 
And for some reason, I feel like I went and saw that, but I can't remember. But anyway, the critics said that the character of the Nancy Drew character, they said in the movie they portrayed her as being too young. They said she was still in school, and in the movie they made her look like a fish out of water, which we know is Nancy right. Drew's never like a fish oh, out of water. No. And they said there that's was, her domain. That's her, yeah, that's her uh, her lane, right? Mm. And it said there was too much mean girls and not enough mystery to satisfy fans. Okay. So that's why it wasn't successful. Okay, do you have anything else you want to add before we go? No, I feel bad for speaking so negatively about <laughs> well, a series that's been so popular mm -hmm. and probably has been very had a positive effect on so many girls throughout the years. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm past it and I'm an adult, I, I do like I said earlier. I think it's still good for little little yes. young girls to read. Yeah, or even boys. I, you know, and and she's you know we're kind of poking fun at how perfect she is. But honestly, if if you wanted your daughter to be like someone, wouldn't yeah. you want her to be like Nancy Drew? Yeah, humble, yeah. smart. Yeah. She's uh, disciplined. Yeah. She uh, stays with it. And she's never boy crazy. I love that about her. I do, too. She never loses her head. She's very level-headed. She, yeah, the boys she's don't She's with these really her. cute cowboys in this book, but she kept thinking about, hmm, I'm trying to think about certain clues. That's true. She's got this cute cowboy flirting with her, but mm -hmm. she stays level-headed and yeah. on task, and how am I going to solve the mystery? Yeah, I, I like agree. that. Okay, so don't forget to tune in next week. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to be discussing next week. Oh, next week is going to be um, 10 blind dates. Oh, okay. Okay. So at the school I work at, um, our librarian has picked, I believe there's like 33 books uh, for a teen read book list. And we're really encouraging all of our students to read as many of these books as we can. And the first one on the list is called Ten Blind Dates. That sounds like, um, that sounds like a uh, fun read. <laughs> it is fun. I'm already almost through with the book. It's oh, going to be a quick read. So good. And it is. I'll, I won't say anything else about it since we're going to do a podcast on it next week. Okay. But um, it is young adult fiction, but I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, awesome. Well, good. I, I, I think I'll enjoy it, too. Okay. Well, that's all for now, folks. We will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.